Welcome to Mall Man Talk. I'm your host, Shiso Moa. It is episode 11. We're going to talk about domestic violence because it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Today we have my co-host, Mai. And this is another side I have never knew of her, even though she's my friend and my co-host, that she was in a abusive domestic violence marriage. I'm just speechless. At the same time, I have so much to ask her. But yeah, let's thank our sponsors and then we'll get right into the show. Today's sponsor is brought to you by She Sells Menswear. Are you looking for the latest trendy men's fashion? Look no further. She Sells Menswear carries handcrafted bow ties, ties, suit accessories, and everyday streetwear. They're your one-stop, mall-inspired men's shop. You can search them online at www.xixomenswear.com. Now let's get back to the show. I'm usually pretty enthusiastic for every episode. But this is my dear friend, Mai Tao, and it's just so hard to listen and talk to her into this episode. But hey, how's it going, Mai? Hey, dude. Um, yeah. You know, everything's going well. Everything's going well. You know, I think that being that it's um, uh, Domestic Abuse Violence Awareness Month, it is, it has, you know, kind of weighed a little bit heavy on my heart lately, so... I thought that, you know, perhaps, you know, my story needs to be shared, you know, and and just really give people, um, you know, a different, like a deeper insight of what the mindset is of the abused victims or people who has been in an abuse situation. So, yeah, I am, I am looking forward to sharing it. Awesome. We do want your perspective um, on it is to be on a female side and a ex uh, wife uh, divorce um, of three handsome boys. And we're going to take no. this back. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not three handsome boys. Two handsome boys and one beautiful daughter. Right, right. <laughs> right. Take that back. She has a voice and one beautiful daughter. Let's let's go back. Let's go way back. Um, I mean, growing up, did you grow up in a very abusive family, like mom and dad? You know, honestly, um, growing up, I don't recall uh, being seeing it. You know, definitely there was no physical abuse towards my mom nor my dad. Uh, however, I'm sure the emotional abuse and the verbal abuse was there. Why, um, honestly, growing up, you know, as kids, we, I never really noticed it, but I knew that my dad, he had a temperament. Uh, he had triggers. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that did happen. I bring this back because I want to see if this was any, you know, indication to have an upbringing. Um, they say the good old saying, you know, I mean, and I, I don't always apply it all, but they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So it's one of those things. Like if your son's like that, you're going to be, you know, your son's like that. Your, your, your mom's like that. You're going to be like your mom, but it's not mm-hmm. always, yeah. but it's this show some resemblance. So that's why we want to take you back way back then. Um, you were married, and let's go back to your ex-husband. 
was he also come from a, a you know abusive family and and such because i mean you're talking about domestic violence when i'm going to try to go down and deep dive back right so yes i got married at a very young age i was 13 when i got married uh, my ex-husband he was 14 this was not at all any arranged marriage or forced marriage. Uh, we were just two young puppy loves who thought, you know, we knew what we were doing, you know. And it was never um, something that my parents had supported from the beginning. Uh, they had tried to make me go back when they found out that I, you know, took off and got married. However, long story short, um, it fell through, you know, so I got married at a very young age, so did he, um, and, you know, shortly after we got married, uh, the abuse started, um, and of course, at a young age, at a young age, we don't know what abuse is, neither I didn't know, nor did he, it was not something that was talked about in our families, um, so we just didn't know. Mm -mm. So you mentioned that, you know, you got married at a young age, you know, he was 14 or 13. Um, the abuse pretty much started shortly afterward. Um, for sure you were young and naive. Um, obviously mm -hmm. both of you are clueless of what mm -hmm. your life is. Um, or what love is uh, at that time. Were you forced to get married, you said? No, right? No, no, it was nothing like that. Okay. Um, so you guys came to an agreement to just get married at a very young age. Um, Correct. Well, you, you know, so let's go back, you know, when you're 14, you're going to high school. How did that, I mean, what did he always? What are you at class? You guys have the same class. Did he hold your hand, or more like he just gave you dirty looks? Because you said that the the abuse was phys was this physical or just verbal? Um, the first time it was physical. Well, it was actually with uh the Bambla Yoma. Okay. Yeah, and that physical, was okay. yeah. So that was when he first. That was when the first strike happened. Okay. Um, was it something yeah. that you did, or is this out of his frustration and whatever triggered? Yeah, that, it was just know? out of frustration. Um, I remember we were in the bedroom. I forgot what we were talking about. Um, and I think, I think he had asked me. I can't even really recall, but I think he had asked me about. I think one of my my past relationships or something that happened way before we got married um and I couldn't tell him like I couldn't remember um and I think he you know this is just what I believe um he didn't believe me you know he he thought I was lying so from the get go he had already a lot of trust issues um and because he thought he was lying, he thought that maybe he was to um, hit me with the fly swap swatter or swapper, you know, then that I would confess. But 
you know, when you the thing you should done, you know, let's go him by gather you law ying um stick to the truth. That's that would typically be the case. So in my situation that was the case. I mean, of course you were in tears and just mad in love, feared and also just emotional all at the same time. Well, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, at that time it was I was confused. I was shocked like what in the world just happened? Um and that was pretty much it, you know. I was just confused. I didn't know what I don't know what the heck I didn't know what the heck just happened. Okay, now and now when I think back, when I reflect back, not now, but after our divorce, um, and after I had a lot of time to reflect on it, it was the beginning of the abuse. Okay. This I'm assuming getting just the beginning where after your first child or right before or right, you know, prior you get done high school? The abuse? Yeah. The abuse happened early in our marriage. Um, I didn't have my son until three years later. So the abuse happened really, really early in our marriage. I would say within the first couple of months. Mm. Whatever he was who knows what he may be going through, but he felt like you were the candidate to get the receiving end. Mm-hmm. And a gentleman like that, my bad, he's not even a gentleman yet. He's still a kid technically because he's not even, he's not even 18. So he's still a young boy. Right. Not, not sure what his emotions are and his frustration is, is to take it on someone and you happen to be it. Uh, whether right. whatever the reason is, we don't know on his side. Um, did your by then your son was born? Uh, were you doing all the the mom duty while going to school, or you, due to that you left school? Oh no, I continued. So when I when I got married, I didn't finish. I did not complete my eighth grade. Um, so I completed that in the city where I married him in, which was Sacramento, California. So I completed my eighth grade there and uh, my high school there. Um, I had my son when I was in my junior year. Um, and yes, throughout those years, you know, I was a mother, a student, um, a daughter-in-law, a wife. Um, you know, just trying to figure all this out, you know, and at the same time trying to you know be figure out myself and also dealing with the abusive husband mm-hmm. yep. now he, he now at the time let's let's go back a couple more years now so you have your son uh let's say you you, you just hit 21 uh you know, your your husband's 21 now too and where put us back where that point in time was the abusive got even worse by then um, mm-hmm. did you get to a point of like, you know, it's been five, six, let's do the math for seven years now. Like, okay, it's, it's, it's just one of the word Shinday, right? Like, I can't take this no more. Like, what did you mm-hmm. plan an escape route or like, I need to get out of this. Would you go to, uh, 
a therapist, whatever? Did you seek help or mm-hmm. do you just trying to hide the bruises and then with a smile, even though, you, you know, you might have broken, broken teeth. You didn't want to smile. Yeah. You know what? Um, in all the years that I got married, that I was married to him, my family never knew. They never knew. Why did you tell me? It was a lot of shame, um, a lot of embarrassment. Um, and I, you know, in all these years that I was with him, I've never heard of the word abuse, you know, believe it or not. I never heard of the word domestic violence, you know. Um, I kind of lived in a cave, you know, if you really, like, if I was to really describe my life, I really lived in a cage or a cave, I mean. Um, but, you know, my parents never knew. My family never, never knew. And it was because I was so ashamed of myself. I was so afraid of sh- to put my parents through so much because when I first got married when I was 13 years old, my parents came to try to get me back. I wouldn't go with them. Wow. You know, so... When I, when I was being abused, I didn't want to tell them that. Um, I wanted them to know that, or to think that I was okay. Um, now, his parents knew, you know, and, and I know that his parents tried their best to stop it, you know, to try to tell him that it was wrong, that he shouldn't treat me that way. Um, but... You know, of course, at this point, his rage was so, it had amplified um, that whatever they said, um, you know, and I remember one time we were, <clears throat> it was night time we were sleeping and he had asked me about work. Um, and I told him, he asked, me, he asked me specifically if there was any men, you know, that I worked with. And I told him that there was. Um, and, you know, he, of course, started with his accusations again. You know, and I was just completely frustrated with him. I was angry. I was, you know, and I, and I had raised my voice a little bit. Um, and the next day I knew he swung, um, and it, hit, it had hit me where my nose was, the bridge of my nose and my face, it bruised. Oh my gosh. I looked like Mufasa, you know, from the Lion King, um, the next few days. So I went to the work the next few days. I had glasses on, you know, my face was, it was bruised. It looked like, I don't know if you ever seen, um, well, you know, after they, get, after they have a laser eye surgery, laser, uh, yeah, laser eye surgery, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but then that's no, how I look I like. watch, I watch a lot of boxing and kickboxing, so I, I can see where that comes from. Yeah, so that's how I looked like. A cage math, a cage math, yeah. Yeah, so that's how I looked like. My nose was swollen. I went to work with sunglasses on for a couple of days. Uh, you know, of course, some people ask what happened. You know, it's like you, um, 
ยูชิปอยลูยูเทคเคนเฮนายอเทกิชิปอยเฮเตียยูริกะนะซึ่งยังไงเฮลูเฮเตียโอ้ยูโนยูยูยูเฮเตียนไอพรีซีเจอร์
kick your feet. And I, that's how I was. I knew that it was wrong. I knew this thing was wrong. But no matter how much I tried to fight myself and try to persuade myself to leave, I, I couldn't. I couldn't persuade myself to know that if I was to leave, life was going to be better. I couldn't find myself, um, I couldn't persuade myself to believe that I deserved better. So I was not only physically decapitated, I was mentally decapitated. And that is what abuse do to a person. It conditions you so well and discards you so deep that even if that person stops abusing you, you start doing it to yourself, you know, and that's so important, you know, for all of us to just take note that, you know, when we hear that somebody's getting abused, you know, it's just more encouraging for us to understand why they don't leave. You know, they, they need our support more than ever because there's still a little whisper in their head, you know, saying that I need to go, I need to leave, this isn't right. You know, just, and, and believe in them, support them, encourage them, you know, let them know that, you know, you know, you support them and you love them regardless. And that's what they need to hear. They don't need to hear, um, you know, things like, why didn't you leave? You could do better. Um, or like blaming them, you know, that they're getting hit or whatever. Um, but we, we need to understand that these victims, the reason why they don't leave, you know, it cuts deeper than what we can see and what we can really understand. Do you think he was fearing that? Did he ever think of you, of how, like, seeing that you were leaving him? Like he threatened you, oh, yeah. much, like, like if you ever leave me, you know, yeah, da, 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 you know, if you ever leave me, you can't find someone better. If you ever leave me, you're going to starve to death. It, oh, yeah. Oh, of was, course. That's, that's the getting to verbally manipulating. Oh, yeah. There's many, many times where he's like, nobody's going to want a divorce, you know. Well, you think you leave me, someone's going to want you? You know, look at you. You know, there's, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, okay. definitely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you hear that enough, you start to believe it. You know, um, so we really have to take note that, you know, the reasons why these women don't leave their abusive relationship, it's not because they love him so much and they can't leave. It's because they're so mentally decapitated. They're crippled. Their mind is crippled. That they, they, they just can't. And during that time, your kids saw all this too happening. Yeah. Um, my daughter, at that time, she was quite young. So she doesn't really remember too much. She's the second child. But my oldest son, uh, yeah, for sure, he's, he has seen enough. Um, and then my youngest, he was still a baby, so he doesn't remember. But my oldest, he has definitely seen enough. You know, when, when I had said earlier that 
we left, we snuck out through the window. He was the one that was like, Mom, hurry. Hurry before Dad comes into the bedroom. You know, and him and my daughter, they got out the window first. And then I handed my youngest, you know, out the window to him. You know, so, you know, give me y'all not letting you you know. They know. They know. And it's important, you know, that, you know, and we have this responsibility as parents and as, you know, the even the abusive parent that's being abused. We have the responsibility to still be there for our kids, you know, still, to still do our best to shelter them from this kind of abuse. Um, and... It really wasn't until the day that I, that that really clicked in my mind where I woke, and I really found that courage to just leave. That's. But it's not easy. It's definitely took isn't easy. A lot to realize that it really hit you uh, when you look at your kids, and I feel like that was the only only backbone holding you a cripple mm-hmm. when you looked at your kids in tears and sadness and especially your baby yeah. your baby girl at the time yes that's very true you know they were my only backbone at that time and until this day you know they have no idea how much they saved me um yeah it's crazy it's crazy how many times as parents we think that we save our kids and we're there to protect our kids but many many times you know, like i always say my kids has always been my greatest teachers you know and many times it's them that they say it's them that saves us so yeah that, that's it's quite it's quite amazing. Wow. Um, I mean being crippled at that point in time, being physically and mentally and verbally, I bet your state of mind is just so used to that point. And being in ten years is just so so much. It was a lot. It was a lot, but, um, you know, I have to really, I have to really say, you know, again, that, you know, I, I really was one of the lucky ones. I wish that, you know, all the sisters, you know, all the aunties, all the, friends that I knew or I know that are living at the hands of their abuse or I had died at the hands of their abuse I wished that they you know had that chance had that chance to be woken and to leave um I really wish but that's not the case and that we all as a human being, we have the responsibility to partake in these conversations and um, just learn, learn to be more supportive of these 
victims, whether the person that's being abused is a man or woman or um, whatever status they are, we need to learn to be a little bit more supportive, a little bit more sympathetic. Um, and just be there for them. Well, thank you for so much for, you know, being so heartily telling that to our listeners. And for those who are going through this, please listen. Because someone has been through this and out of this. Yeah. No, whoever is going through this right now, please know that there is a way out. A safe, safe way out. Please just don't, you know, just don't up and just go without any plan. Please make sure you have a plan. Talk to somebody. Let someone know. Um, get out. Now, you know, you guys are adult now. And his rage and anger is just, it's just, you can't do nothing about it. Did he treat anybody like that? Did you know, like his brother or his siblings or maybe your, you know, your dad and your in-laws? Or he didn't show that at all? He treated his mom like that. Really? Mm-hmm. He treated his mom so he would just yell and curse just any word, you know, any, any word at his mom. He wouldn't curse. Um, at least raised, not that I well, he remember hearing. He raised his voice. Yeah, he he raised his voice. Anything that she says was disregarded. Um, what about his sisters? Yeah. Then? No, because his sisters they were married, so we rarely saw each other. Um. So no. Did they? Even if he did, wanted did, to, he didn't get the chance. Your to. sister or or their sister day they ever kind of see the windows in your marriage is kind of like hey my where'd you get that bruise on your head like hmm what's you know like they're kind of curious and kind of like what's really going on did were they kind of because you know there's family outing and we just like, yeah, you guys have to mm-hmm. run into each other right mm-hmm. well his sisters they lived they were married and they were out of town so we barely saw each other so topisha bona then it was always when um but it was it was his sister-in-laws and brothers that would see it. What did they know? do? What did they say? <clears throat> you know, especially my sister-in-laws, uh, you know, he's always been like that, you know, things like that, they console you, you know, and all that, you know, so, Although he was so abusive to me, um, I have to say I was probably luckier than most, luckier than some women where I had sister-in-laws and in-laws where they tried their best to intervene. And what happened? You know, and that's, that's really all that I can ask for, that they tried their best. Was there any way that they said anything to him that even triggered like you should be talking about our you know family or between the, the our marriage with you know my sister and etc cetera, etc cetera. what did he ever say that 
my yeah. ex-husband. Yeah, because they knew that something was very, you know, you're, you're being abused. No, because he wouldn't say that because he was, he was such a narcissist. He was so egocentric that he knew that whatever Guajara Lana or whatever Lajara Kuna, you should matter. Okay. You know, it's not going to change the situation. You know, it's not going to change the situation because he was in control and he had the power and whatever he said went. And he knew that at the end of the day, I was coming back home with him. Okay. Now with, you know, being, being on age, you're in the mid twenties, you have your second child by then, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he a was he was he a druggie or an alcoholic? At this at this time, no. No. Mm-mm. So it seemed like alcohol wasn't a factor, or I was I won't call it an excuse, but it just amplifies you know the the, the rage. Right. So I'm just what I'm trying to get to is from right. the drug no. or the okay alcohol. Um. So now it continues. Was there any way that by then you know? In your well, in your late twenties, and you know he's thirty now, and I mean it's got to be that's it's ten years now for for crying out loud, you know. Like, I gotta leave. This is, you know, you're you're grown up. You see, you know, you want to your late twenties, early thirties, and you're like, you know, this this is not right. I can't handle this. When did you come to your sense? It's just kind of like, I gotta leave this. I don't care if, you know, I had a three child with this this man, but. I can't stand this anymore. And mm-hmm. seeking therapy was not going to happen. Um, going to the aunties and, uh, you know, in-laws and such for help was not going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether they listen or not, it didn't happen. It, it was not going to make the situation better. He, yeah. He himself. Nothing. Probably, yeah. I mean, of course, through all those years, there are many, many, many times that I've contemplated that, you know, I should leave. I need to leave. I need to leave. I knew it wasn't right. You know, I knew it wasn't right. Um, and I never once stayed because I thought I deserved it. I always knew it was, it was, it was wrong. You know, even though I didn't know what abuse was, I knew that hitting somebody you love was wrong. Making someone feel like shit, someone you love feel like shit was wrong. Uh, and there are many times I contemplated leaving. There were even times where I contemplated suicide, you know. Oh. And now, have you ever like tried asking them, just like, hey, let's get therapy, or or just talk to them, like. I won't say how, like, sweet talk to him, but just want to like, talk to him like how a relationship should be and for, for a marriage to be a healthy. That was an in- impossible conversation to have. That was impossible. There's yes. no way. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't, like, hey, honey, let's watch this movie to just, just kind of get his, like, mind kind of thinking, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, or, hey, read this article. This is a really good article about this couple. And, you know what I'm saying? So he just kind of... No, we didn't didn't have a marriage like that. Um, It was always one way or the highway. That was it. Mm. Um, 
yeah it was a controlling marriage all around what's you know what's, so i remember I, I couldn't even go to the store with his sister when she visits you know i didn't have friends um and nothing you know so yeah Let's take this to, back. So to put yeah go ahead to put in his face that, hey, let's go have marriage counseling or basic therapy, that would have definitely been asking for a hit. Tell me the worst of the worst. The point that you can't even walk, maybe. Oh, let's see. I have not gotten to the point where I couldn't walk. There was a time when we were um, no, when he were he was when the abuse got really bad. We had moved, we had moved out, so we lived on our we had lived on our own for a couple of years. Um, and then when it got really really bad, that was when my in laws said, "You guys need to move back in." So we moved back in. We moved back in and lived with his in laws. I mean, with my in laws. And there was one day where I was work. I was just walking. I was in the living room. Um, I was I was in the kitchen and I had walked. He had walked towards me, opposite of me, and he just swung his arm right where my neck was, and I just fell with unconscious. Like, it just came out of nowhere. I don't know what he was mad about, but it just came out of nowhere. And the next day I knew, you know, I was like, I laid down, I, I opened my eyes, my mother-in-law was next to me, and she was just crying, and she was just like, son, why would you do this to her? What did she do to you? Um, so that was... That was that. And then another time was when um, he had, this was before we moved back to his parents. Um, it was late at night in the morning. He had accused me of cheating, of infidelity. Um, and he had beat me. He, <clears throat> he used to live away, so, so he had beaten me with some dumbbells. Not on my face, but on my legs and my arm. And it bruised so bad. And so, yeah, I think those were probably the two worst situations. Mm-hmm. Cops were never called. Because that would definitely land him, him in jail. There's no doubt about that one. Yeah. Yeah. I did call the cops once uh, a few years before that. And I was going to press charges, but I ended up not doing it. So... I actually ended up bailing him out. You know, bailing him out. Mm-hmm. I just, in my right mind, just my little take on this is I grew up in a very loving, loving family. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious at the same time, I just like, I can't believe I'm hearing this. Like, I, this has never, ever happened in my household. And my mom and dad, and to one day my future kids and wife, just like, I just, that's not a way to love somebody. Right. Right. I don't know how you tormented this for uh, 15 years of marriage. Uh, eleven. Eleven. Years. Well, actually, ten. Ten years. Because the last, yeah, a decade. Mm-hmm. 
man, you know, I have to say, you know, I really, ha- I really, really had angels, man. I really, really had angels watching over me. We have stories of recent stories of domestic violence of the wife taking their own life mm-hmm. and or the husband's in jail. This didn't happen to neither of you. No, thank God. Um, the last year of our marriage, I got really, really bad. You know, that was, he did eventually get into drugs. Um, and that was, I mean, if you have never been around an insane person, you don't want to be. Uh, all the signs are there. I mean, he was full-blown crazy. And that last year, you know, it's, you know, one day it just hit me. You know, I had my three kids. My youngest was not even walking at that time. And one day I just looked at them and something just woke inside of me. Um, I don't know what it was. No, I think, like I said, I think for all those years, I really, really had angels watching over me. You know, one day I just woke and was just like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. You know, even I have no money. I don't know where to go. I knew that my grandparents lived in town. My mom's, my mom's parents. I'm just gonna go. You know, and one chilly afternoon day, uh, while he was in the living room doing what he was doing, and my kids and I were in the bedroom. Um, no, I wrapped my baby up i told my kids let's just go we snuck out the window took the taxi to my grandparents house i never looked back really not even out the front door you're more like you did it you weren't kidding when you escaped a jail you literally escaped it by yeah sneaking out the window not even giving him a hug and out the front door but literally just you know you snuck out the window literally yeah and you know, yeah. let's, let's, let's really fast forward now. Okay. Yeah. Let's fast forward to you now. Let's, I want to hear some of your thoughts of your experience of looking back, your, your, your thoughts of how you've grown to a woman and your mind has opened to see what the definition of domestic violence is. Cause back then you didn't even know what the word meant or heck even how to pronounce it or what it was. Well, yeah. Or even heard of it. Or heard of it. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us some of the insights or a word of advice for someone that is going through this? Well, you know, first and foremost, I just want to say, you know, I have forgiven him. Um, I had to. Uh, after the divorce, I mean, after yeah, after I took off and our divorce was finalized. Even though I was gone, you know, what happened to me, the mental abuse, it really wrecked me for a very, very long time. You know, I didn't have any confidence. I didn't feel, I didn't feel I was worthy. I didn't know how to be a good mother to my kids. Um, it was, I was really dark. So it took a lot out of, it took a lot, he took a lot from me. Um, and it took me years to even get to where I'm at today. 
you know, to, to love myself, to know I'm beautiful inside and out, to know I have three amazing kids. You know, I, I don't know if I'm a great mother yet, but I think I'm pretty good. Um, you know, to find myself, you know, spiritually again, too. Um, but, you know, every now and then I still reflect back, you know, and every time I hear stories of murder-suicide or a woman who was murdered by their partner or their spouse, you know, my heart sinks every time, you know, because I, I still feel the chills. Um, but, you know, I just want to encourage those out there listening, you know, especially the women, especially the women, you know, just to just know that Nunana is different from what it was years ago. You know, people are starting to speak out. Women are starting to speak out. Men, even men are starting to speak out against domestic abuse. And to know that, you know, you're not alone. You know, and for those who says, who thinks that, tell them anyway. Who cares? Tell them. Tell somebody. You know? And you know, if they tell you to, what well, shouldn't they? Then you know what? They are, they are, they cannot help you. Go find somebody else, somebody else that can help you. Um, and for those who are listening, who is the abuser, know that it's wrong. Know that what you're doing is wrong. Know that if you love somebody, you don't ever call them names. You don't ever lay a hand on them. Ever. Ever. There are other ways to release your anger, you know. So I encourage you that if you are somebody who's going through a lot of rage where you just want to punch somebody in the face, just boss in the face, every time you get upset, please seek help. Talk to somebody. Don't let it get to the point where somebody dies. It's not worth it. You know, but I want to encourage the victims, the ones that's gone through it, that, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be the one who makes that decision. Nobody knows the pain that, that you go through. It's scary on the other side. It really is. But once you go on the other side and you pick up those pieces again, you know, the sun does shine. Uh, you know, I'm proof of that. A lot of women are proof of that. And I also want to implore all the men out there that has really um, spoken out against domestic violence, you know, um, just thank you so much. Um, I encourage that we, I encourage for us all to have these conversations with our kids, our sons, our daughters, our families, educate them about domestic violence, let them know what it is, teach them how to recognize it, especially our daughters, let them know that, you know, somebody, that loves you will never call you names. Somebody that loves you will never place their hands on you. We have to teach them these things and to start these conversations and keep it going. Preach. How how are you mentally and physically today, Mai? You blossomed into a beautiful woman. <clears throat> you know, so I have to say. Yeah. I can honestly say I have been being wonderful. 
And today speaking, I've never been happier than I am today. Um, I see life in such a new, a new light. Um, and it's just amazing. Your know, life is so beautiful. You know, everyone deserves to appreciate life. If nobody deserves to live in such a dark, abusive life. Everybody needs to experience what I'm experiencing today. And it's beautiful. It's wonderful. And I can seriously say that from the bottom of my heart. Um, mentally, I've never been any happier. Physically, I am in great shape. Um, my kids are, you know, you know, they're great kids too. And I have a wonderful supporting family who, if not for my parents, for the stand that they took for me when they found out I was abused, I would really not be here today. You know, so I really, really owe it to my parents and my brothers and my family. Uh, and most of all to my angels who's been with me all those years that, you know, I was living in darkness. So, yeah. Good. I'm really glad that you have found a sense of you know, emotion in loving yourself more importantly and caring for yourself more importantly and loving for mm -hmm. your kids mm -hmm. that you love them so much and I know you do and that you're, you will always be them for there. And you know, back up all your ex, you forgive him. And we you know, only hope that he, he's grown into a man and has worked on himself, his anger management, to become a better man. Yeah. And, and hopefully, if he ever gets married one day, that next woman will be treated right. Yes. And we yes. all do wish the best for him only. Mm -hmm. um, I do too. You know, there's no hatred towards him, nothing. I do wish him well. Yes, he, yeah, hopefully he's going through his own demons. And by now, we hope, you know, he's well into his mid 30s now, has come to a sense of a better understanding man. Right, right. Because we don't want the repeat of the second wife getting abusive and the third wife. I mean, it's just like, it's just repeating itself, you know? Right. And we, we only hope for these gentlemen to learn from their mistake and only become a, a, you know, a loving, caring future husband one day. Um, we can only hope, right? <laughs> yes. Do you know, you know, since you have found self-love and do you think you ever will find someone besides you again, as in, in love again? You know, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, but I think sometimes I can be overly joy about life. <laughs> so whoever I'm going to meet, 
um, hopefully they, you know, are on that same level of joy in life, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, I think what didn't y'all get into your interlinking um, stuff out the companion, you know, somebody to share their life with, whether it's now or later. I think everybody, that's what everybody wants. I've seen even when that. they say they don't need a, even when there are women who says they don't need a man in their life, I I think I can can speak for I think many women that um, we we the word need is just not the right language, but I think we would appreciate the right companion. You'll find your partner when you find yourself, and mm-hmm. Very it true. will be. It will be the darkest and now getting, if you ever find someone, it will be the brightest day that you always, always wanted this. Um, that's how a marriage and a relationship could have been, would have been, and it is. And, and, and now you're, you're, you're in a relationship in that. So we only hope for that for you too, as well, Mai. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been it's been a really good couple of years, you know, and I wouldn't change. I wouldn't go back and change anything. Um, just glad to have found that courage to just leave and never look back. So now any last regards before we close off this episode? Um last regards. I wouldn't really know, not really any last regards, you know, but I just want to, again, to just reiterate that, you know, let's continue to talk about this. Um, And when I say talk about this, I'm saying, you know, talk with your kids, your parents, especially, I find that every time we talk to y'all, when we get a conversation, and I think we need that. They are an important okay. part of this puzzle. We need to include them in these conversations as well. Other than that, you know, we have to remember, you know, like looking back at my ex-husband, um, he grew, he did grow up in a hostile family environment home, you know, where his my his father didn't treat his mom the best either, you know. So I would encourage that, you know, for big generation, Nona. Um, you know, for us to treat our spouse differently, you know, to know that our children are watching and they're modeling how we treat each other. Um, and if we want our children to grow up in loving homes, we want them to have a loving relationship, loving marriage. We have the responsibility to teach them that and to model that for them. Um, you know, but other than that, you know, it, I wish everybody well, you know, and I also want to send my deepest condolences to the families that had just you know, lost their sister or their um, loved ones to just murder-suicide. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. Well, again, mm-hmm. for me, Cecil, and for my co-host, Mai, um, we're going to end it. And much love to you all. And let's take yes. care of yourself, Mai. Yes, thank you, Cecil. Bye, everybody. For the listeners, if you're going through this, or if you know someone going through this, please just leave the relationship. 
just leave. You heard it from my co-host, Mai. I can't believe it happened to her. And if I was any closer, I would definitely give her a hug. I'm just, again, saddened, but listen to this whole episode. A life insurance consultant who also believes in building family values. She believes not only in investing in your future, but also investing in your present moment, creating time and memories with your family. If you have any insurance needs or any questions, please don't hesitate to call her at the link below. Also, a special thanks to DJ Peter for using his beats. You can check him out at YouTube.